The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And every week, every month, we have great shows. Um, I got my guest back that... uh, Man, I might make him a co-host with me. Such a good guy and does a great job on the show. Hey, you know, hey, hey, man. hey. I'm young. I'm, you know what? I'm willing to enable. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that definitely, man. But let me introduce you to my former NFL player, Nesby Glasgow. Hey, what's up, Ness? Oh, man, living life to the fullest, man. My daughter's getting married on Sunday, so I'm a happy camper. That's that's good. You got to hang out. But, you know, uh, tell us a little more. I, mean, I know you're a proud parent, you know, and... um. And, and all the stuff I hear you talk about, you know, it's, it's important, you know, to be this, like that, a proud parent. Am I right, Nancy? You know what, man? I am so happy to be a parent and even more so to be a grandparent. You know, I'm coaching my grandson's football team, and they're having a lot of success. So that, you know, keeps it fun. So, uh, you know, so I, and I get to spend a lot of quality time with them. So uh, yeah, I, sometimes I want to pinch myself, you know. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I got a, a grandbaby, and that's, man, a beautiful thing ever in the whole world. But it's beautiful because I can send her back home, right, Nizzy? Well, you know what? That, that's, the, that's the great thing about being a grandparent, uh, and even to the point where sometimes you feel like you may love your grandkids more, but guess what? You get to send them home. You get to spoil them and send them home, and that's what's great about being a grandparent. All the things they can't get from their parents at home, be like, Papa, Papa. I'd be like, I got you. Don't worry about it. And I take care of them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Man. It's a set time. Come get it at 6 o'clock. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, man, um, I want to talk about something that um, I think I kind of got off and I need to get back on it. You know, cause I kind of want my okay. show to or the young kids and how we can help them and different stuff. But talking to you the other day, and um, just I didn't get the rest of it. We got to talk about but you coaches football and that's a beautiful thing and like listen to the other day that's what you want coaches nowadays to do you know and um how they coach the game of football now so explain a little bit about you know your coaching and, and how you coach because it's i mean they need to know this is what we need to put in our young kids generation about coaching and learning the sport of football and well i think for the most part the first thing i try to instill is self-confidence uh in my kids you know uh when they mess up, I'm always saying, it's not like you. I know you can do it, and you should say to yourself, that's not like me. I'm better than that. And, you know, it, it was amazing after the jamboree that we had, and all of a sudden, you know, we didn't come down on them, you know, uh, other than saying that, you know, 
playing on our defense and playing soft doesn't work. And, and you know, they had this, you know, gear in the headlight kind of look, and, and, and I showed them. I mean, when you're that middle, if you're not taught any different, you know, when, you, when you're sitting down in the three-point stands, I hope I can say this, it's like you're taking a, taking a dump. And so what I made them do is get into a forehand, uh, four-point stance and raise their butts. And then once they were in that forehand stance, raising their butt and firing out, stepping and punching with their arms, then I got them back to the three-point stance. And I said, do the same thing. You know, get the, the forward body lean like you're in a four-point stance. Get your butt up in the air. When the ball is snapped, you fire out into that offensive lineman in front of you because what they did at the Jamboree, they – they were sitting down like they were taking a dump. When the ball was snapped, they stood up. They let the uh, offensive linemen attack our linebackers, and our linebackers are our two best athletes. So that's my grandson and this other kid. And so so I saw the tape. I said, you know, you can't do that. You know, or we had this other kid that's really bad on, on the line. But he was going through so fast, you know, he was missing the running back. And so I had to slow him down because he was the one kid that got it. But most, most more than anything, you have to just – talk to them and try to keep everything as, as positive as you can. You know, the whole, the days of coaching backwards have been gone. You know, that's, that's the era we came up where a coach was always, you know, telling you, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And our pushback would be for most of us, you know, I'm going to show you, you got the wrong kid. But today kids internalize that. They're not, they're not used to being told, you know, they're not good at something. Uh, you know, everybody has to play all the, so those, everything has changed. And so, as a coach, you have to adapt to what works best today. And what, what, what works best today with all the youth I've, I've dealt with is that you keep them upbeat and positive, you know, and you keep them believing in themselves. Even when they want to stop believing in themselves, you let them know that you still have trust and you still have belief in them. Belief in them. And, you know, it was amazing. We had a scrimmage with this one team. They didn't get one first down. They didn't get one first down, not one. And it was due to the way our defensive line fired out. They were so disruptive. And, uh, you know, I'll say right now, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with because now they understand when they step forward, fire out, they can be successful because they saw it in action. Uh, you know, Jamboree, you know, we had a, this one team, you know, they, they kind of got the best of us, at least defensively, but we, we got the best of their defense too because our offense is so potent. But even then, they they weren't firing out. And then I ended up going to the offensive line because, you know, most of the guys play offense and defense. And I said, the way you fired out on defense is the way I want you to fire out on offense. Get your butt up in that, you know, in the air. You know, you're not squatting down like you're taking a dump. And I want as soon as the ball is stabbed, you fire out, you punch that guy in front of you, and you turn your butt. If, if, if the running back's running through this hole, then as a guard, I need you to turn your butt this way. If he's going through this hole, I need you to turn your butt that way. And so, and that's what they're doing now. But we're actually teaching them skills, and we're we're letting them know that even as a nine-year-old, we have confidence in you accomplishing that. And it was just amazing. It was night and day in terms of how they played in the jamboree. We we didn't execute, but we had such good athletes, we were able to make plays. Yesterday, we executed. I mean, we dominated. You know, I mean, think about it. We have a nine-year-old that can actually throw the ball, and we have nine-year-olds that can catch it and run. So. It, it was just great seeing everything come together yesterday. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward uh, uh, to practice. We don't do anything this weekend. Actually, I'm kind of booked this weekend anyway, my daughter's wedding. But 
I'm kind of glad we don't have practice on Saturday. Don't have to worry about that. But you know, uh, you know, I'll be there tonight, and then I'm off uh, Thursday, Friday, because you know I'm doing uh, stuff for my daughter's wedding. So, and you know, head coach already knows that. But point being is that we already have our kids thinking differently than the other kids because they had such success, and that's all they talked about. You know. Because I kept saying, butt up, fire out, butt up, fire out, butt up, fire out. So that's, that's what we're teaching them. We're teaching them a, a, a move that allows them to be successful on the football field. And that's all kids want. They want, they want a chance to be successful. And, and right now, the coaches and the parents from the other team were like, man, what are you doing to these kids? You know? and, and really, we're coaching them. We're coaching them up. Well, even well, first I gotta apologize. I should have said I start out, but I'll uh, tell your daughter congratulations. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh-huh. getting married and all that. But you know that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Second thing is, um, you know, it's amazing talking with you. You know, it, 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 because when I met you, you know, we was at this little function, you know, Super Bowl. But everybody in there was talking about, you know, what they did. When I went over there and started talking, to you you talk about what you do and how you can. It was. It wasn't about you. It was about what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I was like, wow, this guy, he like everybody else. will talk about what they did in the league or what, you know? So I want to compliment well, you on that. Well, yeah, you know, I've never been about, you know, I mean, you know, I don't go in and say, hey, I played 14 years in the NFL, you know. I'll brag a little bit right now that I'm a defensive player for two different teams, but it's about what I can do for others. And, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, the more people that I can assist and help, uh, the better off I am. I mean, that's just how I'm wired, you know. Uh, it's, it's never been about me. It's always been about us. And that's something else I'm always telling the kids. It's never about you. It's about us. And I've always told them from the very beginning. They're nine years old, and I'm already brainwashing them. I'm saying football is the greatest team sport in the world. If you want to be an individual, then you go play tennis or golf, you know. But if you're playing football... You play hard for yourself, but you play harder for your teammates. Right. Well, I got two things for you. One, I should I, I should have started the show off because in Chicago, I want to say congratulations to our little league out here. Come on, as we give it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you know what? Congratulations to Chicago Little League. Uh, it didn't matter; they didn't win it. They got there. They, they, you know, they they showed up, and and that's something that no one can ever take away from them. I mean. Uh, they they did win it for the United about. States, though. They won it for the United mm-hmm. States. They won oh, for yeah, the United no States. Oh no, they 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 won the United States, and uh, I mean that is, is unbelievable. I mean, uh, when when uh, you, it's it's been so long since you know that we've even made the finals. I guess. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. These other little teams, you know, around the the, the world, there, you know. With their little league programs, you know, maybe they're a little more intense. But uh, for us to have an inner city team, uh, and let's talk about that too. All of a sudden, do that, you know, it's it's outstanding in and of itself. Yeah, so I just want to give it up to all of the you know, young kids and the coaches and the parents that got them to practice and you know make sure they have oh, yeah. great. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to give it up for them because that's a big accomplishment. Compliment, you know, for for the families, you know, these kids, you know, to keep them, you know, involved in it. You know what I'm saying? And we, well, it's going to definitely keep them motivated. It's going to definitely keep them motivated, you know. And, you know, the thing about it, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that 
you know, the coaches are talking about not resting on your laurels, not just thinking you've arrived because you've, you've gotten to, you know, that, that point, you know, the, the pinnacle of, of little league, major league baseball, you know, there, there's so much more ahead of you that you can accomplish. And so just, you know, continue to work hard, you know, don't think you've arrived because a lot of times, you know, you know, how it is too. guys get some, get in the NFL and they think they've arrived and, you know, you know next year they're gone and they wonder what happened. Right. Right. But Nick, I have two questions. I need help with one of them for you. Okay. Uh, first one is, you know, um, um, I you know I coach you know football out here. I help out a little thing you know. Mm-hmm. And one of my kids, I was showing them you know plays and you know basis. And one of the kids come up to me and go, you know what? That's not a play I run on PlayStation. I didn't know what to say. And my second thing is, you know, I see a lot of coaches now. They had a kids on the team of grandson like you, and they play them and they favor them. That's not fair to the game if they're not. Good enough to those players. Am I right now? Can you help me with those two? Oh, you, you know what? There, there is such a different mentality, and I, I talked about that uh, with my nephew a couple years ago. My nephew plays low league football down in California. I mean, just a heck of an athlete, fast, athletic, everything. And so I'm watching this game, and there's this little kid playing cornerback. But I see all the athletes on the team. So after the game, you know, I say to him, I said. So the so-and-so have a father or a big brother coaching. So my nephew looked at me. He said, why would you say that? I said, because there are so many better athletes that should be playing that position. And the only reason why he's there, because he has a brother or a father that's coaching. So is that true or false? And of course, he said it's true. And I said, that's the biggest difference between, once again, we're talking about generations. You know, coaches back in the day were mentors. And right. they made sure their kids played because they earned the right to play. Because back when we came up, everybody wasn't afforded, you know, a couple of snaps a game and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you weren't that good, a lot of times, depending on, you know, if you weren't lucky enough to be on a good team that scored a lot of points, you weren't going to play a whole lot. And that's just how it worked. But today, whether you're on a good team or not, a bad team, good team, whatever, everybody gets to play. But my point being is that coaches back in the day, I've always felt they were more – honest. They, they didn't treat their kids any different than the other kids on the team. In fact, sometimes you can say they treated their kids a little bit harder or they were harder on their own kids, but they, they weren't going to let their kid play a position that he didn't earn. Today, it happens all the time. A guy coaching puts his kid, you know, at quarterback and he can't throw. Put him at running back, he can't run, you know, but they, they put him at, even try a quarterback and he can't, he just, they try to put him at all these impact positions and they don't have the athleticism to play that position. That would never happen when we were coming up because, you know, the ballers got a chance to play those positions, and it had nothing to do with your bloodline or your relationship. It was about who earned it, who earned the right to start. And it was very competitive, and they always kept it very competitive. Uh, but today it's a whole new breed of coaching, and, you know, like I said, you have dads that act like moms that look out for this. And that would never happen back when I played. Yeah, what do, what do you think about when I said these kids, they all look at these games, they say, yeah, they play that and see the plays. They don't get out there in the field, I mean, on the street. Remember, we were growing up, we got out there on the street playing softball. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, see, my, my, my reply to that young man would have been, well, we're not playing 
PlayStation anymore. We're playing real football. And, you know, PlayStation is not going to help you play real football. So, and so you need to separate with him that they're, they're two different things. You know, the PlayStation game, you know, that's good for his fingers and everything, but, you know, he's not exercising, he's not developing any of his athleticism. You know, that's, that's just a game you get on and you push buttons. And, and, and that's, and, and that's, that's a significant difference. And so don't try to compare PlayStation to real football, even practicing real football, you know, because just, just let him know that they're different things. And so just for him, by him saying that, that's nothing I've seen on, on PlayStation where you're not playing PlayStation. Right. And, you know, PlayStation is not where you really learn how to play real football. And that's probably what you should say. PlayStation is entertainment. It's not where you learn how to play real football. Coming here to practice is where you learn how to play real football. And so just be open and honest that way. So, you know, he gets to make a decision at that point. Now, he can kind of blow you off and say, well, I'm going to still play my PlayStation and learn as much as I can. But that's his choice. You know, life's about choices, decisions, and consequences. But the kids that want to be the best football players on the football field, those are the kids that will listen to what you have to say. I appreciate that, you know, because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, that's what they look to learn football instead of going out there and being active in the street to learn it, you know? Yep. And you see all these parents buy these four $500 games for them. Go buy them some $20 shoes and let them get out and run in that grass and run around. All right, Ness? Yep. That's right. You know, uh, you, it's, you know, I had a nephew and a uh, big kid too, but he used to always want me to play video games with him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember I told him, I said, I'll be more than happy. I said, I don't even play video games. I'll be more than happy with, with you to play video games when you're willing to walk around the block with me two times. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, uncle, oh, uncle, uncle. he's like 6'4", 330 pounds now. So he's I a mean, big kid, a junior at Long Beach Poly High School. But point, when he was a little kid, he still was big, and he thought I was playing with him. And and then, you know, he got all, you know, teary-eyed and stuff. I said, I've given you your choice. You can walk around the block with me twice, and I'll play video games with you all day. Yeah. If you don't want to do that, then I'm not playing. And so he finally did it, and we kind of bonded a little bit. But I knew he needed to start moving around and not just be on that game. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I gave him an, uh, an incentive that, you know, because he, he, you know, he likes hanging out with me, and I don't like video games, so I figured, hey, but if you're going to do a video game, you know, we're going to uh, take two long trips around, three blocks, all the way around, you know, your grandma's. We're going to go to grandma's block, the block down, over, back up, past your grandma's block, back over, and back. We're going to do that twice. And that's what he, you know, he finally, you know, got it. He thought I was playing with me, finally got it. You know, and but you know, it was a center because he wanted to, me to sit down and he wanted to show me how good he was on the video game. And I was kind of like, "Well, you need to get up and do some exercise." Right. And I mean, so that was a trade-off. So you, I mean, in this day, you still give young men and young women and young girls and young boys choices, and that's that. They got to they have to choose. So, um, man, there was a comment made. You know, I want to see what you think about this. They asked the um, coach for the, um, the little league team out here, how was he so successful? And uh, we know what the kids and 
you said the first thing, um, his first answer was, all these kids have um, a mom and dad in the household. You think that's a big thing? Oh, no, it's, no, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. There's, there's no question about that. But I think to say that, you know, the only way a child can be successful is to have a mom and dad in the household is not true. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a blight on all the, the single moms that a lot of times no fault of their own. You know, they are put in that situation uh, and they have to raise kids by themselves. Uh, you know, you have kids that are unsuccessful that come up, you know, in a two-parent household. You know, I think that if you were to look at it and, and measure it, it would be by far those that have a two-parent household are more successful because, you know, the parents can split uh, the pressure. Whereas if you're that one single mom and the dad just comes by for holidays and stuff, then you really are a planned mom and dad, and that makes things a lot more difficult. But... I mean, just to say that's the key, uh, I would, I, I would, I would have pushback on that because, you know, once again, now I think he's uh, he's sliding all those mothers that have really worked overtime to make sure their kids, you know, needs are met and you know are, are solid and 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 do all the things that they're supposed to do. Yeah, but isn't it hard enough for say like you only have a mom in the household to teach that uh, young man? Man, you know how to be a man and man things. You know, well, well, isn't that hard? Here's what I'll say, and and once again, it's, it's generational. To me, coaches were fair against fathers back in the day. What yeah, you know, right. and and so that was a role that they played. We were all their kids. They didn't let us get out of line. They taught us discipline. They taught us respect. Uh, they actually taught us life skills. And we didn't realize they were teaching us life skills. We thought they were just teaching us baseball, basketball, or football. But they really were sharing with them how we should act and behave. You know, we should be responsible. We should be accountable. We should respect adults. Uh, they were never going to let us, you know, uh, be disrespectful. We couldn't be disrespectful to the team that we played, you know, let alone another adult around us. So they, they really were our surrogate dads. And, and they treated all of us like we were their child. And so, and that was part of the black community and coaches were aware of that. And so they made sure that when we came to these different sporting venues, we had, you know, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, that they weren't just teaching us about athletics. They were teaching us about life. That, that is true though. You know, I, I yeah. go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, when we both reflect, you know, I, I still go see my baseball coach from when I was, uh, I think, 10 to 13, 10 to 14, Coach Peters, you know. When I go down and see my mom, I try to always go by and, you know, stop in, touch base, you know, see how he's doing. I mean, he's in his 80s, and he's still in great shape, you know. Now, he's not quite as big and as scary as he used to be, but, you know. Uh, oh no! He oh back back when I was a little kid, he was yoked. You know, he played uh, 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 in the Negro League. So, you know, it was just uh, yeah. You know, his son uh, Ricky Peters played for uh, uh, the Oakland Athletics. So, you know, he always thought I was gonna play baseball, but he didn't realize that. You know, I had this little football thing going on. Yeah. 
Well, let's, let's, let's turn the table. You know, we talk about football and kids like that. And you see baseball now, you know. You see these young kids, you know, um, playing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we play uh, Pop Warner football, and you see people from Pop Warner go and be in the NFL. Why don't we see nowadays, Mary, that the young black kids that playing baseball now go into the major leagues? Like, why is it more it's like more Cubans? And why is that? We're not seeing that. Uh, you know, I, I just think that baseball has has made a point to, uh, you know, put more value on the uh, Dominican Republican, uh, you know, Cuban baseball players. Uh, and, and, and in the same sense, too, you can also say that, you know, African-American kids are playing more basketball than football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, think about the last time you we've had uh, a team from the inner city, you know, make it as far as Chicago, you know, to the championship game, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, but, but it, it, it's something that I think Major League Baseball has decided is that, you know, we're going to get more bang for my buck, you know, with a, a young kid from Latin American than, you know, the young men that play, uh, hold on for a second, that, that are playing in, in America. And, and maybe it'll change, you know, time will tell. We'll see. But do you see a lot, though? I mean, you yeah. see, uh, it happen. Pardon me? You see more and more nowadays it's going to happen? Uh, I, I think with, you know, Chicago having the success that it did, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm old now and I, and I can't remember all the guys that, you know, that were superstars that played, you know, uh, in Little League World Series. Uh, I mean, there there was a, a bunch of them that played in Tampa that ended up playing Major League Baseball. Uh, so there's no reason why. Put like this: those guys, those little guys that played in that in that championship game, right? Yeah, they're they're professional scouts looking at those kids now. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I guarantee you. So they're going to be tracking what they're doing. You know how they're doing things, where they're going, uh, you know, they're going to keep an eye on them because, oh, it was Dwight Gooden and uh, other guy played shortstop or third base. Uh, they both played on the same Little League uh, championship team. But anyway, so they, they, they'll, they'll be tracking those guys. Those guys are on the map now. That's good, though. You know what I'm saying? Because they need to be on the map. You know? Mm-hmm. They need to be on the map and be looked at like the other kids, you know? Oh, yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. They've earned it. So, hey, we still don't know. We ain't talked about that young lady that played uh, um, baseball, too. We got to give it off to her. Am I right? Oh, let me tell you something, man. She was a badass. I mean, when you start pitching and, and you know, throwing her heat and, and guys striking out, that was a sight to behold. And then, you know, she was just so confident. Where do you see her going? Because you know she ain't, they're not going to let her play in the majors. You know that. Where do you see her well, going see with the, Well, you know what? I'm not going to say that. Because here's why. You know, to me, 
she's playing, you know, she's pitching right now. So that means she has more than adequate arm strength. But when you look at her, she's an athlete. I mean, you know, she, you know, she can run, you know, she has agility, you know, uh, you know, and she's long right now. She'll probably get a little bit longer. I mean, so at the end of the day, she may be the first woman to actually break into the major league because, you know, the first, you know, I mean, to go and do what she did against young boys that are as skilled as these kids are, says, speaks a lot, says, says a lot. And so I wouldn't put it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past me to say that, you know, maybe at some point, maybe she can be a first base. You know, maybe she has enough range to play second base. I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, I, I doubt if she'll have the arm strength as she gets older to, uh, uh, yeah, just to, yeah, I mean, as you get older, you got to really be throwing heat. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think she'll have enough muscle mass to throw the ball hard enough to, God, no, this car is crazy. Ooh. Anyway, to, uh, to do that. So, anyway, here's what it is, man. You know, she's had a great experience. Nobody can take anything away from her. But I think what impressed me most about her was her skill level and the confidence in herself that she could compete with the boys. And she more than competed with the boys. Was it was the first? I mean, she threw a shutout. Think about that. There, there are so many great pitchers that have gone to, you know, Little League World Series. They just throw a shutout. She threw a shutout. So think about that. <laughs> And yeah. when nobody said, hey, you know, hey, you know, you can't hit, you know, you let a girl strike you out. You're striking everybody out, so. Well, that's what we're going to do, man. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back from a break. We'll talk a little bit more about, you know, the younger kid, but we definitely got to get this NFL, you know. Okay. Not a problem. Well, we're going to take a real break, and then we'll come back. We'll get back into it. Then we got to get into the NFL. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. (laughs) 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I have my guest, former NFL player, Nancy Glasgow. You feel that, man? I'm here, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Well, um, excited. You got me excited today too. So when you talk about that coat, but we definitely got to talk about that. You know, still talk, talk about, about that. What? I ain't gonna let you off the hook about that. About the co-hosting with me. Okay. Oh, we can definitely talk yeah. about that. Okay. Well, um, Nancy, um, I know um, um, you do a lot of stuff. I know uh, there was a speaking thing. You were speaking on um, YouTube. I watched that, and uh, I know. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people that watch you speak. When you go into a room and you see, you, you can look around and see who has confidence in the kids and who don't and like that. What can you instill, you know, in kids nowadays? I mean, like, you know, I met some kids at North Central College. And say, oh, I can never play in the NFL. I can never, you know. I always tell kids, don't say you can never. You know what I'm saying? You already gave up. You know. Well, I'm right yeah. There. That's, well, the first thing you have to change is one's mindset. And... You know, every time they say they can't, then they won't. They will not. And uh, and that's the worst thing you can say to yourself is, I can't. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, one of, one, of the, one of the best things, perspectives I had, I believe, was that my goal was, this is, this is on every level I went to, my goal was to always make the older guys prove I can't play with them. That was, that was my goal. Mm-hmm. The older guys were like, would have to prove to me that I couldn't play with them. Let's, let's, let's go to you, Nasby. Uh, where did you start football? Did you do minutes, you know, um, did you start off, you know, with the... Um, with the little league, or did you go from high school and start football? No, I, I started playing when I was 12 years old. It's a great story. Uh, I was playing foot, touch football in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. It was a great story. And uh, Mr. Banks came by in a green Super Beetle Volkswagen. And he pulled up next to me, and he said, he talked fast, too. He said, son, son, come here, son, come here, son. He said, I'm looking for this kid named Ned Glasgow. You know who he is, you know who he is? I said, yes, sir, it's me. He said, get in the car, get in the car. And I was like, what? He said, no, my son is Aaron Banks, and he told me you're the best football player over here. Get in my car, going out to your house. I'm going to talk to your mama. Let her number come back, pick you up, and take you to practice every day. So my career started. And so he had to talk to my mama, and every day he came by to pick me up. And then I, you know, instead of going playing Little League in Compton, I was playing Little League in Gardena. And uh, I ended up... Uh, you know, going to Gardena High School, and they say the rest is history. But, you know, he came by. And that's why I say, you know, uh, coaches back then were literally, literally uh, surrogate dads. You know, because uh, actually that was the same year my parents divorced. And when my dad divorced his mom, my, my, no, my dad divorced my mom. He divorced the kids, too. So, uh, And so, you know, Mr. Banks, you know, be, became, you know, uh, a father figure in my life. And so, you know, he always made sure I got to practice that, you know, I behaved and, you know, I became responsible. 
but that 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 jump started, you know, my NFL career because you know to have to have somebody come to my neighborhood looking for me because you know his son said, you know, I'm the best football player over there. I was like, wow, really? And then you know I went to Gardena and had uh, a lot of success. You know, little league phenom as they say, and then went on to high school and college and the rest is history. So that's what I wanted, you know, that story with you. But uh, with the kids nowadays, you know, that story that you just told, that's something that, you know, can happen to any kid. You know what I'm saying? If they was out there, you know, doing that, you know. Um, that's why I want to pick on you today, man, you know, and, and the story about that is, is amazing because when you see back then when we was playing like that, you get the kid, like you say, out there playing in the streets, and that's how you go. You go, hey, I want you to play for me, you know, like that. How did you feel about that? And what was, you know, I mean, I know it's exciting and all like that, but wow. Oh, I was like, I mean, just to have somebody's dad, you know, come over and, you know, want me. You know, I mean, out of all the kids, you know, playing in my neighborhood, he said, you're the one kid my son said go get. So I'm like, huh? I had him play tackle football. So I was kind of like, okay. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing about it, you know, for me at least, I was always fearless. I was, you know, I always felt there wasn't a situation I couldn't handle. So, and and, and I don't know why I had, you know, such uh, self-confidence, such uh, efficacy in myself, you know, believing I could cause and bring about and bring about the changes that, you know, that I wanted to make happen. So... Why is this still on? It's supposed to be off. Anyway, so that worked out great for me. Isn't that amazing, though? How was your parents, though, when um, that happened to you? What did they say? Oh, they were, I mean, my mom was, she came on my gang, you know, uh, you know, she, you know, she always thanks me for thanks for, you know, coming by and, you know, picking up her, her boy and, you know, taking him to practice and stuff, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, that was the first year. And then my, one of my older sisters, actually my older sister started taking me, you know, after that. So they dropped me off at Gardena and they would figure out how to get me back. So like, once I got there, then Mr. Banks would always, you know, make sure I got home. Amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, oh, it is. Absolutely. That is amazing how that happened. But, hey, let's, 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 you know, um, you know, I know a lot of people want to talk about the NFL, want to hear talk about that, but what what would you say, you know, I mean, for a young coach coming up and got a great group of guys, what would you say to him? Uh, a young coach today that has a great group of guys? Yeah, young kids, uh, you know, like, you know what you have. You're not trying to make them an NFL player at that age. So what would you say? Right. Well, no, I, I would say, you know, always, you know, my, one of the things I always talk about when I'm, you know, coaching youth or doing a football camp is that, you know, I'm, I'm always talking about how each and every guy in that football camp should be cheering for the other guy. You know, like when you go out through drills and stuff, you know, uh, don't let a guy take a, you know, a playoff, you know, let them know that we all have high expectations. We're all better than that. And then once you start kind of coaching them that way, they start to coach themselves. Because what I always tell them is that 
you know, as a coach, I can tell you the environment that I want. I can tell you the culture that I want. But you guys have to decide what's acceptable for you, you know. And so if, if you want to just be an average, mediocre group, then this and this should be acceptable. But if you want to be a championship caliber football team, then you need to be doing this, this, and this. And I said, and you get to choose. And, and the thing about it is that they do. You, you'll be surprised how many times when you give a young kid, a young woman, that option, and you start talking championship and how champions behave and stuff, then they take on that behavior more times than not. And, and, the, and the kids that don't want to be that way, it becomes uncomfortable for them. So they end up going playing for somebody else or quitting the team, whatever. But then all of a sudden you have a team of guys that think as one, that think the same way, that work hard for each other. And, and that's, that's what's so great about, you know, uh, playing sports. It's, it's, it's about, not about you, it's about us, it's about we. Boy, man, you need to uh, do a video, man, send that out for real. You know that? <laughs> I, I hear that. <laughs> you know, and, and it'll be that'll be perfect because if you can play that for kids before they get on that football field or whatever, oh, yeah. baseball, and let them hear you, and, and then they would know, right? Then that it ain't later on you trying to teach them when they yeah. too far, you know? Yeah, I know. So I just want to thank you for that, though. But um, hey, um, NFL, you know, uh, we got to talk about your Seattle, you know. They just came on and beat up on those Bears. Their offense is looking great. Defense, I mean, the run game. But do you see them continue that and going back to the Super Bowl? I think right now, with the way they're playing, they have a great chance of repeating. Uh, one of the things that I like best about the Seahawks is that they didn't really talk a whole lot about last year. When, when, whenever the guys talk, it's about this year. It's about what we need to do this year. And I, I think when you get guys thinking that way, then their chances have really improved in terms of them, you know, repeating, you know, going back to, uh, yeah, yeah, going back. They, they're going to repeat, you know. I mean, I, like I said, I like their chances, so we'll see. Well, well you'll see how you're going to say that. You know, I'm going to talk about my Phillies, but you no, say no, 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 trust me, trust me. If, if these guys are running around, you know, beating their chest and talking about, yeah, we're going to beat everybody up like we did last year, if, if that was the language they were using, then I would say their chances are good because they're expecting, because they were so dominant last year, you know, when they needed to be that, the same thing's going to happen this year. No, that's a whole new deal. People look at you different once you get that, that ring and stuff. Teams play harder against you. Your schedule's going to be tougher. You know, it, it's just different. So don't don't be thinking because you had success one year, you're going to have success this year. They don't talk that way. They talk about last year was last year. If we want to go back, it's going to be based on what we do this year. Right. Well, if, if you don't see Seattle... Who do you see? I mean, everybody talk about Philly with Chip Kelly offense and going to be, you know, and, you know, what's the prize team do you see over there, you know, that could? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm not big 
with Chip Kelly because, uh, and I wish I could pull up his name. Uh, he was the head coach for the San Diego Chargers, Chargers back in the early 80s and mid-80s. Not Knowles. Coach Correo, I think was his name. Anyway, he had so much offense, and every year he got more offense, but they lost so many games, 42, 36. I mean, there's no way they should have played Cincinnati for the championship. Uh-huh. You know, it was minus 12 degrees or something. You know, if he would have spent just a little bit on defense. Yeah, it was Coriel. That was uh, Coach Coriel. Uh, oh, yeah. he, he had an offensive juggernaut, but he didn't have a good enough defense defense to slow people down. And so, you know, the thing about when you have these offensive gurus, they have to realize championship teams, for the most part, have always been about having a stout defense. I don't care how prolific your offense is, if you don't have that stout defense, the odds of you winning a championship are diminished greatly. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the Seahawks so good is that they play exciting offense and they play exciting defense. And so, you know, yeah, they don't let up. They, they don't back down. They come to play, you know, every week. And, you know, if you, if you were to go to their practice, you were to go to their practice, you would see – uh, how hard they work for each other. They don't. They don't let guys take plays off. If a guy's in practice taking the play, taking the play off, they'll call him out. Hey, we don't practice. Not who we are. And so when you have that type of environment where everybody's you know saying stuff like that, to me that's that's what allows you to have longevity. Longevity. That's what allows you to have a a, a really good solid team year in and year out because the leaders on the team aren't allowing the other guys to make the pump. The other guys just to get through practice. So, you're on the football field, you give me everything you got, or you go park it. I mean, they've gotten in fights and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. But they, they're, serious about, they're serious about preparing themselves. Well, you know what, man? we got to take another break. We're going to take another break. I'm going to ask you about the team. And I'm on the okay. player. I want to really hear what you got to say about this one. But uh, this is okay. Jay Love, my guest, former NFL player, Nancy Glasgow. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? 
get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm my guest, former NFL player, Nancy Glasgow. So, um, um, Nancy, um, beautiful time, you know. You talked about your Seattle. I talked about my Philly, but there's one player that um, had all the spotlight in college and in the NFL. You know, they're going to be this and that. You know, I'm talking about Johnny Football. You know, he didn't get the starting job. Do you see this being with Cleveland starting to lose with a court like Hoyer? There's going to be one of those Tebow things that everybody chants for him, and then he come in and, you know, do you see that happening? Uh, I mean, it's definitely the scenario is set up to repeat itself. Uh, but, but I think uh, Manziel, mm. to me, uh, can, can be that dynamic force. He just needs to... You know, it needs to be harnessed a little bit, and he he needs to kind of slow things back just a little bit. But I, I think the difference between Manziel and and Tebow is that uh, Manziel Manziel stands a far better chance of being successful as an NFL quarterback more so than Tebow. So I, I think with him, it's just getting his head wrapped around the, the fact that you know things didn't work out the way he expected. You know, he was expected to, you know, be a first-round judge. I mean, a high first-round draft choice. You know, he was expected to come into the National Football League and light it up and, you know, just uh, start right away. Well, it didn't happen that way. So now we get to see how he really responds. Now, if he's able to uh, stay calm, cool, and collective and be ready to go when it's time for him to go, uh, then I think he'll be okay because he has such – he brings so much excitement to the game. I mean, he can be that missing piece for Cleveland. But, you know, right now, there's a learning curve in the National Football League that, you know, you can attest to, I can attest to. It's just different in college. And it's uh, and that's a, that's a very tough position to come in and, and master and, and be successful. And so, but as long as he is, you know, being the team guy, being a good backup, preparing himself as if he's a starter, and just patiently wait for that opportunity. And I think if he can do that, he's going to end up starting for him at some point. I mean, he's, he's just showed too many little things, you know, even at the pro level, that that he can do. 
that others can't do. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and to be honest with you, I'll be surprised if he's on the bench the whole year. Well, yeah, but Leslie, you know how the NFL is. Him, him being so cocky, you know, somebody gonna be after him. You know, you're not playing a third string defense. You're not playing fourth. You'll be playing against the starters. Am I right? Well, well, yeah, but that's that's why I said, you know, he gets a chance to sit and learn. Now, if he's gonna be able to sit and learn and evolve and and get better that way, then good for him. But if he if he goes into this, you know that he's known to do have these Johnny Manziel tirades, then, you know, he's going to stay parked where he's at. You know, this this right here is this chance to show everyone he's really mature. And if he can't, he's going to make it hard on himself. Yeah. What, what do you see Cleveland record as this year? Oh, Cleveland? Oh, shoot. If they win six games, they'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I heard it takes five years for you to become a real NFL quarterback. Did you ever hear that? Uh, yeah, but it's not five years. I mean, you know, I would say probably a year and a half, two years, two and a half at best. I mean, you know, even the guys, you know, the big guys, you know, uh, you know, the big strong arms and everything, they still have to adjust because a lot of the throws they can make in college, they can't make in the NFL, even with their arm strength. It's just it's different. You know, guys react, you know, I mean, it's the best of the best. We react differently than the average college guy. That's what that's what allowed us to go and play the NFL. You know, we were half a step quicker. You know, we were faster. We were more athletic, so we could recover. And to me, that's always been the key to being a good defensive back is your ability to recover. Everybody gets faked out. You can't panic when you get faked out. The guys that recover are the guys that play in the league a long time. Let me ask you this. You know, you know how it is with football and how training camp is. You break training camp. Because training camp is the hardest thing. You break the training oh camp, God. you don't have the two young guys for Pittsburgh, the winter smoke, the marijuana. You tell me you that happy that you couldn't not smoke weed until, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, that that's just absolute stupidity. That's all. You, that's all you can say. That's absolute stupidity. You, you know, guys that get busted smoking weed in the National Football League have no one to blame but themselves. They, they do more drug testing for steroids and other, you know, physically enhancing drugs. They, they, they really let you know when they're going to test you for marijuana. Mm-hmm. So most likely, they were already in the program because. Those are generally the only ones they test that much of the guys that are in the program. So right. they'll let you know that when you're going to come to training camp, we're going to test you. So they test everybody. Now, if you can't stop smoking weed for six weeks with the kind of money we're paying you, you got a problem. you got a drug problem. That's how the league looks at it. It's not, they're not saying that they're trying to do away with weed. I don't think they really view weed as you know, they don't. They, I think for the most part, they do weed and, and alcohol the same. But their their whole deal is that they have to make a stance, and the stance is that we're going to test everybody for you know illegal drugs. Now, the the drug of choice in the National Football League is and has always been marijuana. I mean, they test for everything. So if you're doing something other than marijuana, you're really in trouble. 
the point being is that when they test you, they let you know. You know how it is. You know when you go back to training camp, they're going to test you. You know, everybody pisses. You know, you got to show the guy. You know, you got to look at you while you're pissing. You know, so you can't, you know, use somebody else's urine. And the whole deal, once again, if you can't stop smoking weed, if you can't stop doing other drugs, you know, for X amount of weeks, the kind of money we're paying you, you got a drug problem. Yeah. It's that simple. You got a drug problem. Well, man, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Um, man, it's been my pleasure, buddy. Marvelous having you on. And uh, for all my listeners out there to tune in next week, I have uh, former NBA player Reggie Slater on the show. But, hey, Nash, man. Hey, yeah, hey, love you, man. You're everything, man. All right, man. It's always a pleasure, man. All right. You have a good day today. Have a good day. You know, hey, we got to talk. Yeah, I got to get back to Chicago. So we got to figure out a time and you got something going on. Okay. That sounds good. All right, buddy. Take right. care. All right. Much love and respect, man. Later. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.